the national, provincial and local governments are responsible for the violation of rights, you know, rights to healthy environment, to adequate standard of living, health and the basic right to safe drinking water that is happening in Hammerskral and other, you know, areas. So every arm of government or level of government at the point is responsible because there is, you know, a horizontal level of accountability that should have been exercised. Of course, when we drill it down to, you know, to individuals or smaller pockets, then the the city of, of Tswane is key or the principal accountability or accountable person, touristic person, so to say. So to that point, Professor, at this point, um, without a causal link being established, can we actually take that particular stance that the city is liable? You know, like any other legal altercation, yes, the issue of the causal link will always need to be established. Yes, we are told by those in authority that if that is water, it is not about the water. But what we know that over a decade, the reports have been there, the Human Rights Commission has been there, confirming that you know, the water in Hammerskral, it is not uh, you know, safe for, for drinking. And as a result, really, we can say on the face of it, Prima Faki, there is consulting. We can really make an assumption that the people are not doing well because something related to water or you know, the treatment of water around the area of Hamas Club. Unless if you are told that now this cholera is from somewhere else and the people should just continue drinking this you know, brownish water because it is safe. But our leaders are not even drinking that particular kind of water. To your point, yes, the causal link must be established, but then that should not you know, uh, prevent or preclude us as people who are concerned about the well-being of the people of Hamas Kral to consider other options like class action. So speaking of class government. action, as things stand right now, would the residents of Hamanskral have a solid case in order to initiate a class action suit against the city of Tswane and perhaps the national government? No, as I start, the, the, the residents of Hamanskral, they do have, you know, there are factors that are already in place that will be considered, in my view, for a court to provide or to give a certificate for at last action because we do identify the area, the people, there is an issue at hand. We know that now there is damage that has already been caused in terms of life and health. And then there should be really a way to say, on the face of it, we should be saying there is at least the basics for to consider for this kind of an action. The answer is yes. And then, of course, uh, uh, organizations such as the Human Rights Commission. So, so we spoke to the Human Rights Commission on this show yesterday. What sort of role should they be playing, for instance? Uh, they did uh, indicate that they, of course, did some tests on the water at several sites in and around Hamanskral in 2019. Uh, those results came through in 2021. But they also conceded that, you know, even though the city acknowledged that, uh, they put forward a plan but did not budget for that plan to actually be affected. Is that enough, would you say, from the Human Rights uh, Commission's uh, perspective, or should they be doing more? 
They should be uh, doing more. I think if, to a certain degree, the Human Rights Commission has failed the people of, of Hamas Kral are subject to correction. I know they would want to say it differently. Remember, when you look at the constitutional provision, Section 184, it is their duty to promote the protection, development, attainment of the rights. And also it says, I want to emphasize, they should take steps and secure appropriate redress. So what steps do they take and did they really do their best to secure redress? And redress in this particular case is to seeing the government being compliant, being accountable to what the commission itself has really found out. Remember, the commission is not a department of the government. It's not aligned to the government. So there should be no reason for it to drag feet or for it to say an issue of budget. Mm. They, they, they need to start being very creative in enforcing their mandate as a commission. So does that mean then, um, uh, Professor, are you saying that the commission uh, should have escalated this matter beyond the city of Tuane when they actually found out that the, pl- the, the, the city came up with a plan but did not attach a budget to it? Because if you're not budgeting for that plan to be actioned, uh, that means absolutely nothing. You know, uh, uh, you don't need to, to, to draw a plan to litigate on behalf of the interest of the public, of the citizen, as a commission. And then you don't need to act only when complaints are laid, you know, are brought before you. In terms of the mandate of the commission, it can on its own accord, meaning without being approached, you know, investigate and where possible, take appropriate action. So why did they not then go to court? to force the city to come up with plans, to say that now we are not going to allow this because if we allow it, we are in breach of our constitutional mandate as one of the chapter nine institutions. So the issue of the budget, I understand it, but then let us not even allow it to be used as an excuse. Just yesterday, the city of Johannesburg, uh, sorry, of, of Pretoria did what? Said we'll give you this millions to go now and start repairs on that particular dam or reservoir. So all along, where was the money? Mm. So people had to die before they can start acting. Unfortunately, this seems to be the culture in South Africa. Unfortunately so. And, and, And speaking of that culture, are we as a nation complacent? Should we also not be doing more or be more active in some ways, because when we look at what's happening in Haman's Kral, um, this may be happening in different guises in different places across the country. So this particular instance, should there not be a sort of a crisis declared or a, a disaster or something? Is it okay for us to just continue, carry on day to day, even after 17 people have lost their lives as a result of a cholera outbreak there? As citizens, as South Africans, we are very complacent, you know, from the different areas. Myself, for instance, I'm from the Northwest. I grew up in the area called Ottozal. That area, for as long as I've, I've, I've known it, there was never, you know, regular drinking water in the taps. You'll have a tap, tomorrow it will be vandalized. And then I don't see citizens doing anything different. Year in, year out, we'll see same individuals really being entrusted with the lives of the citizens. And I'm not here advocating for remove the ANC, put the EFF, uh, uh, put the DNA on. So no, I'm saying we really need to start being selfish as it relates to our interests. We are in the middle of a water crisis as a country. 
there is a ticking time bomb and it's about to explode. Remember, and when it explodes, we can talk of, you know, uh, difficulties with regard to issues of health, education, gender equity, and economic development. We can talk of political strife, instability, but then more so, and I'm looking now at Hamas ground, the, there's going to be now emergence of a black market for water, whereby the problem is not going to be solved because unregulated vendors or leaving vendors you know, open to selling container, you know, contaminated water will be in the increase. At mm. the cost of what? Of the, the health and the life of, of people, of Hamas ground. Well, we're going to have to leave it there, Professor. Thank you so much for your time, uh, Professor Ompemete Sibanda, Professor of Law and uh, the Executive Dean of the Faculty of Management and Law at the University of Limpopo.